Hello and welcome to the Inside Ellen Road podcast from the Yorkshire Evening Post. This is episode 67. I'm Graham Smith, Chief Football Writer at the YUP, and I'm joined as ever by Joe Urquhart, one of our Leeds United writers, to discuss all things Leeds United at a time when things are going quite well. So we went to Barnsley on Sunday uh, for the lunchtime kickoff, the Yorkshire Derby, when Leeds United toiled and persevered and persisted and insisted as Bielsa said after the game, and on the 84th minute, they took the lead against Barnsley and then scored an 87th minute penalty to win the game 2-0. The goal scorers, surprise, surprise, Eddie Nketiah and Matthias Click with one of the cheekiest penalties I think you'll see this season. Uh, a deserved victory, although Barnsley put up a good fight. Uh, what were your thoughts on that game, Joe? Um, yeah, it was. I mean, for a neutral, it was really good. Entertaining, I thought. Lots of chances for both teams. Um, Bamford had a few in the first half. Wilkes had a few in the second. Are you calling yourself a neutral? No, I just meant the people <laughs> watching it. <laughs> but I am a neutral. Of course, I'm impartial. No. Um, no, but I thought it was a, a quite an entertaining game to actually watch. Um, obviously, the atmosphere helped a little bit, but um, I thought Leeds were probably the better side overall and deserved that and I think on a balance of play and obviously Nketiah again comes up trumps off the bench I thought Bamford actually played quite well um, in sort of softening up the defence there was a few other good performances in there but Shackleton as well who's obviously got the late call up with Foreshaw um, failing a fitness test so yeah an all round good, uh, good performance really and I think they conceded a lot more chances than we've maybe been used to but Casilla obviously came up trumps as well, so all round lots of positives, I think. And I got the score prediction right, just to mention. I said 2 0. Congratulations. Um, but we But we move on, we go again. Um, we go again. What Does that I mean I have to unfollow myself now, because that was the prize. No, you, have, you, to, you have to. Threw me under you, the bus. you have to follow the first guy, uh, and he has tweeted us since saying, Where's my follow? <laughs> Um, so make sure you do Thanks that. Thanks for that. That was Otherwise, lovely to wake up to. <laughs> you should make a liar of me. Now, I, I do like to throw you a few notifications to, to wake you up now and again no early, early of a morning. Um, I thought it, the game itself didn't always really have the feel of a derby because it wasn't so much about two-footing people and, and barging people into the, the sidelines. It was more about hurting each other with the football and, and both teams wanted to play. Barnsley, for the first time this season... Um, gave Leeds real problems when they had the ball in their own half and they were nicking it off them and intercepting it and Leeds looked shaky at times playing out from the back they couldn't they couldn't do the goal kick routine um, because Barnsley pushed up in the way, same way that Leeds do and, and they had to go long they had to go to Bamford and he of course was getting wrestled from pillar to post um, but full credit to Barnsley for being brave enough to play that way against Leeds because when you do go man to man you of course leave space in behind and if you don't have a goalkeeper who plays as a, a sweeper, like Kiko, then you leave yourself open. And, and in the early stages, we saw that. We saw Bamford um, spinning in behind twice, Shackleton finding him twice, and Leeds having good chances, two good early chances because of that. But it didn't deter Barnsley, did it? And they, they really came to play some decent football. And that, that didn't go unnoticed in terms of uh, Marcelo Bielsa and, and the congratulations he gave them after the game. Yeah, they pressed really high, didn't they? I think that was. I, d I don't think it was a surprise to Leeds, but not many teams have done that um, as well. I think in the first twenty minutes, especially against um, Bielsa's team, and like you said, I think he called it a beautiful game. And 
have to give credit to Daniel Stendel because that's the way he plays and that's his philosophy and that's what he wants to do. He wants to bring these young players in and get them to play football. Um, I'm sure he could quite easily try and revert to Route 1 or uh, we see lots of other teams. Um, try and maybe just let Leeds have the ball and, and, and sit in. Yeah, exactly. So I thought it was um, brave, but also I thought they did it really well in the first half. And to be honest, due to Casilla making a couple of saves and maybe Wilkes not finishing off quite as, as well as he can do or has shown for Doncaster last season in the past, um, they were unlucky not to go sort of ahead in that first 20 minutes. But I thought after that, Leeds, if you're going to play Leeds at their own game, you have to be on really on top of your form. Um, and I think Leeds just were very patient for once and almost had an element of control in the last half an hour where I don't think I ever thought it wasn't coming. That sounds really cocky and confident, but it did always feel like they maybe get, because pressure was building and building, always felt like they might get one chance. And obviously when Enketia comes on, you know you've got that bit um, sort of package on the bench that Leeds haven't had for such a long time that can break a... Team, but what a delivery from Phillips from that free kick as well. So. Yeah, his set pieces, um, some of them in the first half weren't as good, but he did put some dangerous balls in. And Leeds didn't really make a lot of the glut of corners. They had so many corners, and they didn't make the most of them at all. Really struggled threatened. Conversely, when Barnsley had corners, you worried for Leeds. That that's when they look the most vulnerable. I think at the minute is not from open play, but from set pieces and. Um, Kiko kept them in it when Apo Helme had that free header and it rebounded off his teammate and almost found the back of the net offside flag went up but Bielsa himself admitted it that it is an issue and it's something that leads um, will cost leads if they don't get a grip of it Yeah and Helme had another header straight after Leeds scored I think as well which he fired straight over the bar so I think it is one of maybe the Achilles heel for this team um, the lack of height and maybe lack of dominance aerially um, but is that something you can also have with the way that Bielsa plays I guess that's just the players that he's got in there obviously they've lost Janssen who would go and attack the ball generally Berardi even though he's a bit smaller is very good in, in the air and leaping so I just think it's maybe something that I don't know how they can go about alternate whether they'd change their methods from zonal or man to man or so it'll be interesting to see if, if he just try and shake it up because he's obviously very well aware that that's an issue um, but it's difficult to out jump six foot strikers isn't it if you're a five foot nine defender you know so I guess we'll just have to wait and see if he has any answer for that it's maybe the risk reward thing as well you know that what he what he risks in playing small skillful quick players um, is outweighed by the rewards he gets from those players. I mean, you, you look at the, the midfield on Saturday and, and you had Shackleton and Click, both quite attack-minded, really. Um, Shackleton maybe didn't do the defensive stuff as well as Adam Forshaw would, but I thought going forward he was absolutely superb. And for a 19-year-old to play the way he played in a derby game away from home, I thought was incredible. Um, and again, you know, the risk-reward there was, did Leeds have enough cover? Because you had Phillips, of course, in front of the back four, but he was trying, I think, to look after Alex Mowat and keep him out the game. And Mowat showed when he had, you know, little pockets of space that he could find a pass and and play a man through the least defence. But but it was quite an attack inside. And you look at the average positions, and and Dallas's average position, I think, was past the halfway line um, for for a right back. He wasn't playing in his own half. Um, but that's this is the decision that Bielsa makes: is that. He, so focused on attack and what what we can do with the ball 
is what he would think, outweighs the danger that other sides might pose from, from set pieces. And it, it paid off, you know, when, and when the results go with you, then you can look at it and think, well, he got that spot on. Yeah, I suppose if, if they concede um, from a set piece and then they lose that 1-0, I suppose people might have a different mindset to it, but that's I guess that's the risk reward with Bielsa. I think Shackleton, to be fair, has done it before. He obviously came on in the first leg of the playoffs at Derby and was probably one of the best players on the pitch after he replaced Fulshaw when he went off injured. So it's not that it's not there, it's just getting maybe that consistency at his age because obviously we saw him in the Stoke game in the Cup and he maybe wasn't quite at the races that night. Um, and actually probably was one of the more experienced youth players in, um, in that side. So it was just... it. I don't think he'll keep his place if Forshaw's fit because Forshaw's been so good this season but it, it shows that the trust and the ability that he has as well in, in that position that he can step into a game like that like you say and, and almost make a ma- sort of make the difference in the field for Leeds. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Patrick Bamford and you can't talk about Patrick Bamford at the minute without talking about Eddie and Kadia. Um The two are so... Uh, intrinsically linked when it comes to Leeds United and debate at the minute. Bamford did miss four or five chances, um, hit the target with three or four, but didn't manage to beat the keeper. He came in for a lot of physical attention, was clattered at least once by Halme, he was wrestled a few times when you thought he maybe could have had a free kick. But you could see... Now, I don't, I don't know whether this was his way of getting the referee's attention... Um, or whether it was simply his frustration boiling over, but his body language, every time he had a physical confrontation with the defender, his body language screamed, um, you know, this, I, I'm being mistreated here, I'm not getting what I deserve. And it all kind of culminated in, in uh, that face-off, the square-off he had with Halme, which was... Um, I don't think anyone expected uh, anything to come of it, r- rather than a few, you know, very well-spoken, angry words. Um, but then, of course... Uh, he comes off the pitch shaking his head and kind of just just gesticulating and my take on it was that he was frustrated at how his afternoon had gone he hadn't got the reward for his efforts and he was and he was just frustrated all around I don't think it was dissent at being taken off and Enkedia coming on although maybe in the back of his mind there is an element of I can't believe this you know I'm being brought off the kid's going on again and he's probably going to go and score but he also said that what after the game that what he said to Bamford was um, I tried to explain to him that his performance deserved a goal. So he's letting him know it's all right. You know, it's okay that you haven't scored because you deserved a goal today and you've done a job for the team. Um, but now I'm sending on, you know, the other option. Um, and Bielsa was, went to great lengths to extol Bamford's virtues as a centre forward and the amount of effort he puts in to get himself into scoring positions, um, perhaps preempting the the noise that is gathering behind Eddie Nketiah and the demand that he starts a game but is there an argument that Nketiah might not have coped, might not have stood up to the physical attention that Bamford was able to take and perhaps Bamford as you said softened up, maybe he helped take the sting out of the defence maybe helped tire them out so that there was space um, when Nketiah came on, you know when Costa came on at the break when they're a bit tireder and they've been in the game a bit longer, that those quick players could then start to hurt and find space. Yeah, I think to be honest, that that side of Bamford's game, he was getting a lot of criticism for last year. He wasn't square. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he was hiding away from the challenge a little bit. And I actually thought he he played the game 
on Sunday really, really well, and he took on that challenge with Halme. Um, he sort of stood up to it, and I don't think we saw that a lot last year. So I actually thought it was sort of really good to see that, and I actually thought he quite played quite well. I think the referee probably let a lot go for both teams, which is maybe the best way to to do a Yorkshire derby on this, you know, with Keith Stroud. But I th- it's always difficult because when Bielsa says he, his his performance deserved a goal, it's all great saying that when you've won two nil. But if you've lost one nil or you, you know, it's a nil nil stalemate. Yeah, but his performance deserved the goal. It's just fueling criticism, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Almost, because he's not, at the end of the day, he's not scored. Mm. So there was a few chances where he should have scored. There was a couple of tight angles, but it's hard. I think he'll st- I think he'll stick with him, given his staunch defence of him. I think Nketiah is a different kind of player. I think he'll find pockets of space, and his, his speed is sort of his, and his sort of nippiness in and about the back four is more probably his strength. So I can't imagine that he would have, Try to engage Halm as much as Bamford did um, if he started the game, but until he starts and does it, we we don't really know, do we? Whether he can take on the physical challenge, but it's maybe that he would more play to his strengths in that he'd be past Halm before he managed to grab him, sort of, you know, because he he'd try and turn him. So it's hard to know really until you you see it in action, I guess. And you wonder if there is a scenario. In which case it's and and not or. You know, can he play them both together? And if he was to do that, who drops out? I don't know. I mean, Harrison. I think Jack Harrison might be the player whose position is under the most scrutiny and under the most under the most pressure. Because for all the talk about Encadia and he Eddie scores goals, and we'll talk about the twenty threes last night when he did it again. Um, he just scores goals all the time which just adds fuel to the fire for this debate. But for me, Helder Costa's performance versus Jack Harrison's performance on Saturday says to me that if there's going to be a swap, it's more likely that Jack Harrison will come out of the team and Helder Costa will go in. Because Leeds looked much more balanced for me in the second half and had much more threat down both flanks when Costa was on the pitch. Yeah, there was a lot of huff and puff from Harrison in the first half, wasn't there? But no real end product and... It's funny. It's fine margins, but wasn't it? If that volley goes in before half time, everyone probably goes, "Ah, oh, never mind. It's fine." And he starts the second half. And end product. You know, you know that would have been the end product. And then Costa comes on, wins the free kick, which ultimately breaks the deadlock for Leeds. So, if he then drops out, he's basically the width of a post from keeping his place. You know. So, I think again, I think Bielsa will stick to formula, but it's the same with with Inketu, isn't it? I guess it's it's a pos- you just have to look at it in a positive light in that you've got players there that are pushing the first team on to perform at a level that requires them to to be you know getting the best out of themselves week in week out because if they drop off there is players on the bench now where you couldn't say last year they had that quality to come on and win games and step in when maybe someone's having an off day. They definitely didn't have that last year. And this year, I guess that's the bonus of everyone's pushing each other on from the outside looking in. So I guess you just have to look at it positively that it's a great dilemma for Bielsa to have, whereas last year you were saying, where's he going to get a right back from? Because they've they've got four injuries this time. Now you're like, we can't play a £15 million winger. So <laughs> Yeah, it's not a bad situation to have, really, having a, an embarrassment of riches exactly, on the bench. Yeah. Um, and attacking wise they certainly have that because Tyler Roberts is back now and in contention 
um, and we might well see him in, in first team action probably off the bench well almost definitely off the bench if it happens uh, and then defensively as of last night Luke Ayling can once again play football so um, I don't think anyone would suggest that he comes straight in for Dallas because that would feel like a travesty the way Davis has played and that's not just because I'm from Northern Ireland before you sure. before you start well now that you've said that I'm not sure no and I have to examine my own <laughs> motivations behind that statement but um, but having Ailing, do you think Michael Monk should start ahead of Phillips? <laughs> I mean, there's a debate to be had, but it's <laughs> but it's not maybe not for right now. Um, it's for another time. It's for another time. Ailing is back, and that's another great option on the bench. And of course, when Forshaw comes back and probably retakes his place in the centre midfield, then Shackleton goes back on the bench and is another great option for Bielsa. Yeah, and exactly what we just said there. The having a, a strong bench. Can ultimately be the the difference, and they just the loans they brought in last year just didn't work out um, for one reason. But everyone knows what happened with Izzy Brown, Lewis Baker, Jamal Blackman. So this year, it's it's great to have that off the bench, have that impact. And Ketty is obviously already making strides. You you know, if we were sat here and Ketty had hardly played and hadn't scored, then you'd be again questioning the loan move. But it seems like they learned maybe a lot from last year in that they need. To get better loanees in, that was the structure they went for this year. Obviously, brought Harrison back, so I think that's like you said. That I think earlier, embarrassment of riches is the right right term because last year it just felt at times they were leaning so heavily on the twenty threes. And looking back, it is quite remarkable that they went so close to to what they almost achieved, given the injuries that they had. I guess it shows the quality of coaching from from Bielsa and his staff. So I don't, I guess. The Bamford debate again is is the one that that's the big one, but I can't see him dropping him. So, uh, at the risk of incurring the wrath of the cult of uh, Gianni Alioski <laughs> and his uh, his followers, um, I also wonder if if Douglas has a case based on on Gianni never ever lacking effort or enthusiasm or work rate, but sometimes lacking a bit of quality or a bit of composure in the final third. Well, Bielsa, when he was asked about this, Bielsa said, <laughs> what was his, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was essentially, Douglas has brains. One, one of these players plays with... Uh, it, has enthusiasm. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't come across quite so well when you phrase it like that, but I think the, the gist of it was that one of these players plays with uh, intelligence or, or knowledge, something like that, and another plays with enthusiasm you know, so <laughs> you just said it ca- um, in a kinder way than I yeah, said it in a slightly kinder way <laughs> but I mean Alioski must be uh, a pain in the backside to play against I mean quite literally when he's when he's bent over double shoving his cranium against another man's <laughs> glute in, in a way of shepherding the player you know to the touchline I'd never seen a player defend like that before <laughs> I mean this has been a, a I whole introduce you <laughs> to Gianni Alioski this has been a whole you know a, a two-month uh, season of new experiences for me, <laughs> but that I, I thought I'd seen quite a lot in football, but I had not seen a man. I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything until you've seen Gianni uh, yeah. I mean, shaking a tunnel as well. And his, you know, his little little uh, quip at Apo Halme. Uh, <laughs> Are you nervous, Apo? You don't say hello. Um, in front of his new friends as well, Apo's new fancy friends at Barnsley. Not in my um, new friends. Not in front of my new friends. Gianni but he, he is 
unique, I think, is maybe the word. And, and there is this kind of the cult following and fans absolutely adore him. And um, But then you look at his performance and, and, you know, it's not lacking effort. It sometimes lacks quality. But then when we've seen Douglas this season, has he put his hand in the air high enough to say, I can do that? Yeah, well, I was about to say, I think that's that's where the issue comes from. I think if Douglas finds form and shows the quality that he, to be honest, probably hasn't shown enough since joining the club. He obviously came from Wolves and with a, a pedigree. Yeah, I, it's hard because obviously three million pound footballer, but at Wolves he was brilliant in the season that they went up. He came with rave reviews and hasn't quite. He's had a number of injuries. Um, Obviously, he's talked about having a few off-field problems. Um, didn't quite find his feet last year. This year, you thought, with a full pre-season, can he find that form? And he just hasn't really done it yet. And that's what you, I think that's what it comes down to. If he starts producing quality every week with his deal, I mean, he produced a, some really good corners last night, and you started thinking, here's the set-piece sort of specialist that we're we were promised but you just think if he was performing at his top level Alioski doesn't get in the team mm. but that's probably one area you think at the moment where it's up for debate because Douglas is maybe not quite on song yet for Leeds what I loved um, looking through the, the footage and looking through the pictures of, of Sunday was the sight of Douglas on the pitch celebrating the goal it shows I like that because it shows that the subs the players who know they're probably not going to get on or might not get on are are just as invested emotionally in what's happening on the pitch right at that minute. And I would have loved a photograph of Patrick Bamford's face. Um, well, you know, that's, that is an interesting point. Um, I suspect there was a massive grin on it because I genuinely think there's a unity. Oh, no, and, and, and when you watch the squad before the game, when they're, they're playing that really dangerous game with uh, chewing gum that oh my god that neither one of them is going to tear their ligaments or yeah, something or choke um, <laughs> this is severe choking hazard so for the uninitiated they they play keepy-uppy with someone's chewing gum and you know then one of them will try and catch it in their mouths and it, it's it's rank it's horrific but it's you know it's, the, it's what all the kids are doing but so. I'm more concerned when Calvin sets off on a 10 yard sprint in trainers on a and freshly yeah, and then stretches yeah stretches to try and reach it <laughs> volleys it um, up for Ben White and one of them are you know yeah twist their but, ankles but when you watch them and when you watch one of them do his LUTV interview for the game and you see the others I mean Calvin was being interviewed the other the other week and Bamford was stood directly behind the camera winding him up trying to make him laugh and then um, you know smacked him in the stomach as he walked past and, and there, there seems to be a real bond and a camaraderie Eddie and Keddy and Keddy have talked about the players that have all helped him fit in. You've got Cooper in Dallas with the bromance of the year. There seems to be a really good atmosphere. And when Gianni Alioski is, is pulling his, his tunnel antics, the rest of the squad are absolutely delighted by it. You can see it in their faces that they love it. My favourite, just to go back into Alioski, have you seen that clip from the documentary where he's shaking the um, <laughs> tunnel against um, Swansea, Swansea and Nathan Dyer's like going, what the hell is <laughs> this <laughs> lunatic <laughs> doing? And Leif Davis is staring at him going, and what? Yeah, what are you going to what, what do about um, it? <laughs> yeah, he's our lunatic is the, kind of, is the impression you get. But that all adds to this this feeling that they are actually together and, and that's not just a, a soundbite that they're putting out that all squads say that we've got a great bunch of lads in the dressing room every every club says it even clubs where you know there's problems in the dressing room 
but it leads it it looks from the outside that they're together yeah and a lot of them to go a bit soppy spend a lot of time together away from the the pitch you see on off days you see them on instagram and whatever else having tea with the kids and other families Doug, douglas and foreshaw phillips and white went to like alton towers, and towers together. Week. so you know it, it sounds a bit weird but it is important because friends off the pitch you know you're gonna you i suppose it, it comes back to can you be successful not having a tight-knit group you, you you talk about other sports the nfl the players always use this buzzword called brotherhood and but that's i think in sport you have to have almost that sort of we're here to achieve something as a group and but having that friendship i guess is is the important thing so. i wonder if the distance between the players and the head coach fosters more of a togetherness and more of a responsibility in the group that that we we have to be tight-knit and we have to be together because he's not leading that aspect of it you know he's not installing the culture of togetherness because he keeps himself quite separate you know he doesn't yeah. have this kind of personal close intimate relationship with players so they've they've got this that you know they are the group and they've got the responsibility to foster that for themselves and it sounds like you know all the quotes they, they make calvin talks about you know leaving the the harsh words to the the bigger boys the big lads to dish out to the youngsters but but he does also take responsibility for betting people into the squad and um so far so good on that front yeah i don't obviously bielsa i think like you said there he doesn't maybe directly bring this togetherness but he he's definitely had an effect in that he's brought the 23s into the first team and they're all you know like certain players will train with them and almost instead of sort of alienating some of the 23s players in that they maybe look across the pitch at top arch and go oh look at the senior players over there i'm scared to talk to them mm. sort of thing as you can imagine at some football clubs that's what it's like instead he has them training with each other and yeah. they all get to know each other they all become friends no matter how old you can have a different age difference of 10 10 9 10 years and they're still you know they can still foster friendships so i guess maybe not having a an I don't know, an, an input himself. Maybe it's a controlling input. Yeah, but yeah. he almost sort of takes a step back, but almost like... Directing it. Does it anyway. He's the, pup I mean? the puppet master. <laughs> yeah. He's pulling the strings. But, it, yeah, I think in in terms of the academy at Thorpe Park and the training, he's definitely brought a togetherness in the, the academy groups and, and the first team are nowhere near as maybe separate as, as other clubs. Mm. Uh, last time we were on, we were talking about uh, Patrick Bamford and his guitar... Um, we asked for some suggestions for songs he might play. Um, Jason underscore 2205 on Twitter uh, suggested The Animals, uh, Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood, which I quite like. Um, Yorkie231 on Twitter said, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. Um, Sam B. M.O.T. Uh, suggested that Bamford might like to play uh, The Wanderer for Kiko and Crazy for Jani and Dedicated Follower of Fashion for Barry Douglas. Um, <laughs> Uh, Rian G28 <laughs> said, I can see Bamford playing I'm Yours to Alioski to, and I quote, put the gorgeous weirdo to sleep. Um, <laughs> which I really liked. Well, Bamford <laughs> actually said, if, was it the Q&A? I can't remember. When he said, basically, I defy anyone to spend 10 minutes in a room with him and not go mental. I want to punch him. <laughs> It just sounds like a grown-up toddler. Yeah, a grown-up toddler. I wonder why they didn't take him to Alton Towers. It sounds like he maybe Thomas. He probably would run faster than the roller coasters. Yeah, maybe Thomas Land at Drayton Manor is is, uh, <laughs> is better. Maybe that's what we could um, have as a suggestion for the next podcast: is where do you think 
uh, they should take Gianni Alioski on the next team day off. Yes, that's great. We should um, definitely say that. Um, I'm going to come up with some. We'll have a think about that. Uh, so it's Derby this weekend. Um, Derby with their uh, expected goals against of 12.51 against uh, um, Leeds United who are, have an expected goals of 15.92. The expected stats suggest Leeds will score goals. Uh, at Ellen Road, it doesn't always work You're like a that. New age journalist. It does not. It does not always work like that. Um, let's look. Maybe look at actual stats is more important. But they do tell a story that yeah. that Derby are shipping chances and they're also shipping goals. Uh, Leeds are not giving away very many chances, uh, are scoring lots of goals and creating lots of lots more chances. Um, but Derby are a possession side. Another one. It could be another nice game to watch. Have you got a prediction for this one? Um, I'm going to say it takes Derby fans 30 seconds to sing We Saw You Cry on the telly. Okay. That's my prediction. Yeah. Okay, I, th- I think... But I think Leeds will beat them 3-0. 3-0? Yeah. Bit of revenge. Because Derby have... They have had to undergo big changes, haven't they? They've lost a lot of players. They've lost the kind of... Some of the stars of that that playoff run last season. Um, it's almost like Leeds like flirted with the prettiest girl at school all year long and then... It was Derby who got to take them to the prom, they were, but they it was were, Aston Villa who took her home. They were left in a slow-motion um, montage, staring across <laughs> the dance floor. They were, as, as, as Derby, Derby waltzed her around, uh, around the room. As Jack Marion um, danced to a slow version of Marching On Together. But ultimately, neither of them ended up with the girl, and now they're both starring again in, in the second film. Um, and Derby haven't really made as good a start as Leeds have. Good. <laughs> I, I mean, I was I was hoping that you would chime in there with yes, Derby have really struggled this season. Um, can you see them struggling as much as they've struggled throughout? Though, is this a building process that's just a slow burner, and they'll come good second half? I don't know. I haven't watched them, but I think Frank Lampard's Derby County. Obviously, we're a bit hit and miss. Um, they've obviously still lo- they've lost. I think some quality players this summer: Mason Mount to Murray number of players that Lampard brought with him so I guess it'll be interesting to see how different they play or what kind of setup they they'll bring um, they've still got plenty of quality and money spent on that squad so should they be maybe have, have started as sort of up and down as they have done I guess it's because it's a new manager who maybe he's trying to get his new ideas new philosophies across um, I don't I think I think if they try and take this was the problem in the playoffs is that Lampard tried to play Leeds at their own game or did three times last year and, and got found out when he changed it up last year added in with Casilla and Cooper's mistake and Berardi's madness they managed to find a, a formula to beat Leeds but I don't think if they go toe-to-toe with Leeds that they'll come out on top I It's think hard to see any side going toe-to-toe with Leeds and coming out on top at, yeah. the, at this stage of the season yeah and to be fair Barnsley tried it didn't they on Sunday and almost got a little draw <laughs> yeah so at home um, I think that's about it from us I don't think we need to talk about um, the binocular derby too much more because you know full well that that storyline is going to dominate in other areas of the media this week and be brought up ad nauseum at any given opportunity uh, your prediction was 3-0 I'm going to say 2-1 to Leeds um, and we'll maybe we'll maybe start running some proper prediction competitions on Twitter. Maybe try and get some prizes. Yeah, whether well, prize um, isn't a follow from me. I can. And I didn't know anything about. <laughs> I can have a look around the office and see what I can purloin from the desks of my. Well, I'm my one colleagues. for one. 
I think. Yeah, one from one for one. Well, I can't remember if we've done it before, so I'm just going to claim. That I think we did, but I can't remember what the predictions were. Right. Well, I'm one for one. Well, we now. need a we need a prediction league. We'll <laughs> say that you're one nil up in the prediction league. Um, but yeah, send us in your suggestions for a day out with uh, Gianni Alioski. At Flamingo Land. At Flamingo Land. <laughs> Don't use all the good ones. Let, let the people have their say. Um, and we'll, of course, start building up to the game throughout this week on the YEP website. Thanks very much for tuning in.